I need to go ahead and get it out of the way. I am riding solo tonight. Unfortunately, Reagan uh, is not able to join because he is on baby duty tonight. Uh, McKenna wasn't feeling well. And so Reagan is having to take care uh, of both McKenna, or I should say all of McKenna, Zeke, and Luca, the new baby boy. So he is going to be taking a break from tonight, and he will be back with us on Friday. I do also have to inform y'all that unfortunately Gary Redis had to reschedule. So we we're going to work on rescheduling uh, an interview with him. He had something come up, unfortunately had to be able to uh, not be on tonight. Couldn't be on tonight. So I, I apologize to all of our viewers, our listeners who are looking forward to that. Um, we will work with him in order to reschedule another time for him to come on and talk with us. I certainly can understand why. I mean, he is an extremely busy man, obviously, with all the work that he has put forth into uh, recruiting and, and in the transfer portal. So uh, all good. all No worries. We will discuss and uh, talk with him and try to figure out uh, the best time for him to come on the show and talk with us. But I do want to thank all of y'all that wish me a happy birthday. I had a really good birthday. Uh, on Sunday, I uh, got to kind of celebrate this whole weekend, honestly, just getting to spend time with uh, friends and family. Uh, so really, really enjoyed getting to do that. I uh, got to do a lot of different things. Obviously, I uh, got to watch uh, all of the LSU baseball series against Bama, which we're about to get into and discuss. And what a way uh, for me to celebrate the birthday weekend with a sweep over Alabama. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but ever since me and Reagan were growing up, we always hated Alabama. We, I mean, we just despised them. We could not stand um, Alabama and like everything. So to be able to see LSU baseball get a sweep over Bama on my birthday weekend, kind of the cherry on top. It was awesome, especially on Sunday for them to be able to win the third game. It was amazing, but really enjoyed getting to spend time with friends and family. Um, got a lot of LSU gifts. <laughs> so uh now that we do the podcast a lot of people just buy me a bunch of lsu stuff which is totally cool i uh, love it but thank all of you who wish me a happy birthday it was indeed a great birthday uh, but let's go ahead and let's dig into the three game series obviously lsu taking all three games um and i want to start off by by saying how they took off all three games was was awesome because uh, some of y'all may 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 do this some of y'all may not but if you Listen to Musso at the Box, his podcast, which I listen to every day. He releases every day. Gives you some really good insight. He just kind of breaks down the game. Does a lot of what we're doing. But something that he said today uh, really, really stuck with me. LSU won all three of these games in a complete different fashion. All right? Game one, you won off of the back of starting pitching. Game two, you won off the back of your bullpen. 
In game three, you went off the back of uh, just out slugging the opponent. So let's go ahead. Let's look at all three of these games, kind of get into them a little into detail uh, because I really liked what I saw in all three games, especially when discussing the three different ways that you won these games. That is going to bode very well for you in uh, postseason play. But before we do that, let's get to some comments. I see a bunch of y'all in here. Uh, Robert's in here. He says, how's everyone doing tonight? Uh, Ryan, of course, as always in here, Tyler Townsend saying, what's up, guys? Uh, appreciate you, Ryan, and the support. Uh, don't forget to hit that like button, uh, subscribe, and share. If you're not subscribed, please do so. Uh, let's see who else. Uh, back and forth. Prayers for Reagan. Yes, I mean, he's having to take care of three people at once, his wife and his two kids. So, yes, for sure. Cardone, sounds like he's closing the deal. Could be. Could be. We'll see. Adam B. Happy birthday. I appreciate it. Adam. Adam. Bro, you already know what I'm gonna say, man. Like, I'm trying to get you free merch, bro. You gotta, you, I know you, you gotta give me, give me the total, bro. I'm trying to help you out, my guy. I'm trying to help you. I know you are busy. Uh, I know you are busy trying to plan for a wedding. So, I uh, hope that is going well. Uh, <laughs> Ryan said it better be because of Anissa Moro is committing. I am. I hope so. I hope so. We're gonna get into that uh, on the second, or excuse me, the last part of uh, the show in the final, final, final segment. Uh, but if you are just joining us. Uh, unfortunately we did have to, uh, cancel Gary coming on tonight. Uh, he, he, we're going to try and rework a schedule. He was not able to come on tonight. I'm sure, uh, something come up, something busy. Uh, I, I mean, as we've discussed, he's, uh, very busy trying to, uh, recruit and also, uh, discuss, uh, you know, discussing the transfer portal, which we will discuss. Um, he had hosted and visited with Anissa Morrow. Uh, this past week, which we discussed on our Friday podcast. So, sure, he's behind the scenes doing a lot. But let's go ahead and let's discuss the three games from this weekend. So, game one, obviously, Paul Skeens went out and he did what what you expect him to do. He went out and he dominated. I thought he did a little bit better this game than he has in the past couple of games. Seems like uh, every pitch was working for him. Seems like he was able to do what he wanted. But Bama was able to... uh, be able to get a, a few hits. Obviously, uh, Andrew Pickney, who thank God you don't have to face him again. Dude. He was all over the place. Should be player of the week for the SEC. Um, he had a five-hit day on Friday night. Um, he got a homer off Skeens, which is his fourth he's given up this season. And then, you know, you had you had a few hits here and there, but Skeens did what he was supposed to do. Uh, he, he, he did what he always does, which is he commanded the strike zone, blew the fastball by hitters, uh, and when he needed to, he landed the breaking ball. So, overall, you won this game off the back of your starting pitching and Paul Skeens. But let's see what the offense is. So, in the second, in the second, you started off solo home run by Tommy White. Tommy White had a phenomenal weekend. He continues just to really impress me. Robert, Dylan Cruz won SEC. Okay, so Dylan Cruz, okay, I'm just now seeing this. I must have missed it. Okay, listen. I think he kind of got robbed. I think Pinckney got kind of got robbed a little bit. At least should have been co. He at least should have been co. I'm not against Dylan Cruz winning SEC Player of the Week, but Andrew Pinckney from Alabama should have at least been co. I mean, the dude had five hits on Friday, and three of them were off of the best pitcher in college baseball. So I'm just saying, I'm just saying. I know y'all might not like that, but Pinckney at least deserved co co uh, SEC Player of the Week. So you start off the second inning with a solo home run by Tommy White, which got the scoring going. In the sec- in the third inning, Malazzo singled, 
Trey walked, and then Cruz Homer, which made it four to one. Um, which, by the way, Malazzo had a phenomenal weekend. I understand he didn't play uh, in the Saturday game, but Friday and Sunday, he was phenomenal. We'll go through his ABs that really contributed. But in in the third, you had three runs. In the sixth, you had a walk by Beloso, double by JT. Uh, Malazzo walked, so single, then a walk. Even if he just does that at the bottom of the lineup, I'm totally fine with it. Uh, Dugas got hit by pitch, which I'm pretty sure happened uh, in every single game this weekend. That dude continues to be a ball magnet. Uh, pitchers continue to hit him. Uh, Dugas got hit by pitch. Trey walked, and then Cruz walked, and that gave you three runs in the sixth. Uh, in the seventh, JT walked, Jones walked, Frey walked, which, again, two freshmen there that had really big-time ABs a- to be able to draw uh, the walk. Uh, back-to-back walks, and then Malazzo, again, doing, making things happen, uh, producing at the bottom of the lineup, uh, lays down a bunt, and you get a score. Um, honestly, guys, on Friday, LSU really dominated this game. Uh, Skeens dominated. The offense was able to to hit enough to be able to out, uh, to get across eight runs. Herring came in. Herring did fine. I know, I know everybody's going to want to talk about the ninth, right? and how everything kind of unraveled there, and you, you gave up a four spot in the ninth. I understand it's frustrating, but I thought Heron did phenomenal. Guys, he he extended the longest he, he had this season. 70, I think it was 73, 74 pitches that he pitched um, in on Friday night. That's the most he has pitched this season. Uh, the, the second most was, I think, 64. So we're talking 10 to 11 more pitches that Herring had on Friday night than he has all season, right? That's the longest he's extended. I think you tried to stretch him a little too much, uh, which is okay because he's going to have to do that in the future, uh, in, in the seasons to come. I think Griffin Heron is a very likely suspect to be a potential starter uh, maybe next year or in two years. I, I think he has that capability. And so you want to see him to be able to extend it a little bit more. Maybe that was the reason that they left him out here that – that they left him out there that long as they wanted to see if they could get a little bit more out of him. Um, and ultimately the gas just ran out. It just ran out. And unfortunately they were able to scratch across a lot of runs there, but I honestly, I don't know, but y'all, I really was not worried. I really was not concerned. And LSU ultimately wins game one, eight to six. And it really wasn't as close as the score turned out. I understand the ninth was frustrating, but you got the dub. Collins came in with the breaking ball, was able to get the final out. Tigers win game one, and that's all you can ask for. Uh, Game two was completely different. So game one, you relied on your offense and the the backing of your starting pitching, which is a lot of what Friday nights, Thursday nights, whenever Skeens is pitching, that's what's going to happen. You're going to rely on uh, him, and that's what's going to happen in those games. Game two was completely different. You really hoped that Ty Floyd would be able to extend and do like he did last week when uh, against Ole Miss when he went eight and a third. Um, by far his best game. It'll probably be his best game of the season. Um, but you wanted just to see him, ex- you know, replicate that. You wanted to see him to be able to uh, get past the first couple of innings because he always seems to struggle a little bit there in the first few innings and then be able to extend and, and get – uh, get outs and um, 
you know, preserve the bullpen a little bit in game two. Unfortunately, that's not what happened. He extra- he, he struggled a lot in the first inning, uh, gave up two runs, uh, but you were able to kind of get out of that jam. It could have been a lot worse. You're able to get And in the second, uh, he puts up a zero, which is – and you're like, okay, maybe this is, you know, maybe this is where we get going again. You know, this is this has been happening all year. Okay, maybe this is where he settles in like he has before and we're able to get some extension. Um, unfortunately, the third came and it was bad. It was <laughs> it was just really bad. And you get to the point where you are now at six to one. In the second, uh, White walked, Beloso singled, JT was hit by pitch, and then a double play by Hayden Travinsky scored to make it to give you your first run of the game. The third happens, and you're down six to one midway through the third. And I don't know about y'all, but I know there was a lot of fans. Um, Some of my family members were extremely upset and thinking that this was just going, this is where we lost, that this is where we're going to lose the game, the series. And I was completely comfortable because we know what this offense can do. And sure enough, right after you get down six to one and Ty Floyd is chasing, you're going, oh crap, now we have to rely for for six innings, we have to rely on the bullpen, which has been the Achilles heel, right? And in the third, Dugas, second time this second time this weekend, hit by pitch, Trey singles, and then and then White hits the home run, and all of a sudden you're back in it. You get three runs in the third, and it's six to four. And and you knew then LSU was going to be able to put up runs. This was going to be a ball game. It wasn't. They weren't going to run away from it. From that point on, it was can the bullpen. You knew that the offense was going to be putting up putting up points, putting up runs. But the question was, can the bullpen limit the runs? Okay, and what did they do? That's exactly what they did. You had phenomenal outings by Javen Coleman, Thatcher Hurd. Uh, and Coop, they all had phenomenal outings uh, on Saturday. So you, you you're you, you're able to bring it within within two six to four. Then you are down uh, seven. To, then you are down seven to four after they scored. Uh, and then in the six, Cruz walked, White singled, uh, Beloso hit a sharp ground ball to first. Uh, they go for the fielder's choice, bobbled at second base. So Beloso gets on, Cruz scores. Travinsky then comes up, and for the sec for the second time in as many in as many weekends, hits a three run bomb to make it eight to seven. And there you there you have. It. And then from that point on, LSU did not relent uh, the lead. In the seventh, uh, Cruz got on uh, on an error, White singled again. Uh, Beloso laid down a bunt to be able to score Cruz, that gave you a run, um, which made it 9-7, to seven, I believe. They scored, uh, I think, in the eighth inning, uh, or maybe it was the seventh. I'll have to go back and look at it, but uh, I think it was the ninth. I can't remember exactly. Anyways, they scored again, but Hurd came in and he shut it down. The sh- I loved what Hurd did out of the pen. Um, he looked the best that he has since Texas. Uh, he was attacking the zone. He was landing. He was landing his pitches for strikes, and he was forcing 
he was forcing uh, hitters uh, underneath the ball. They were popping it up. Um, I think it was a very positive uh, outing for Hurd moving forward. I would want to see more of that. And we mentioned a few episodes ago that you were going to have to get better production, uh, more success out of guys like Hurd and Cooper. Uh, and I understand, you know, the game that Cooper had on Sunday – um, the, the, it, it ended kind of badly and we'll talk more about that, but Cooper had a good weekend. Heard had a good weekend. Javen Coleman had a good weekend. Those are veteran guys. Those are guys that you are kind of counting on, um, especially down the stretch to be able to hold their own for the bullpen. You're going to have to have it. Uh, there isn't, I mean, obviously Shores is done for the year. Garrett Edwards doesn't seem like he's going to be back anytime soon. Obviously, Grant Taylor as was uh, out for the season. So, like, you, you, Nate Agenhausen struggled this 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 weekend. Um, you know, you hope that he can bounce back, but seems like maybe the injury. Uh, he's still trying to get back to full strength and still trying to get back in the groove of things after the injury. So, you're gonna have to ask some of your guys, some of your veteran guys, step up, uh, and that's exactly what they did on Saturday. Your your veteran guys stepped up and made massive, massive outs. Think about the job Blake Money did. I mean, Blake Money came in. Uh, I can't remember exactly what inning it was. I want to say it was the seventh, the top of the seventh or something like that, uh, and gave you gave you a three-up, uh, three-down inning. Uh, Blake Money had, a, had, had that really good outing on Saturday. So ultimately, um, you're able to win game two uh, in the eighth. Um, there was uh, a walk by Hayden Travinsky, Jones homered, uh, Dugas double, which was awesome to see because Dugas has really, really been struggling, um, you know, at the plate, especially coming back from the injury. I still don't think he is 100%, but, you know, he was able to get a double there and get in game two, and that was extremely, extremely massive. Uh, Cruz single to bring him in. Uh, and then Hurd gives you a threat three down top, or excuse me, yeah, top of the ninth to be able to end uh, any threat of Alabama coming back, and you win that game twelve to eight. Game three, it's Sunday. You, you can get greedy. You can get greedy, and again, you're hoping that Christian Little can extend and give you extra innings, can take away some 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 outs uh, to to help your bullpen out. And that kind of war, it kind, I would say it, it was a, like, it wasn't what you wanted because, like, last weekend he went six, and that's that was phenomenal. Uh, and then you've had, you know, weekends where he got ran out extremely early. Um, this, me this weekend he kind of met you in the middle. He kind of met you in the middle. You wanted him to extend long. He kind of met you in the middle. Uh, he, he struggled in the first but limited the damage there. To be able to only give up one run in the first was massive. Um, struggle with command. You obviously had the error with uh, Trey Morgan in the outfield, with, which battle in the sun, hit his glove, bounced off. They only scored one in that inning, uh, which was was massive. Um, in, the in the second, he gives you a pretty good inning, doesn't score anything. And then uh, at the bottom of the second, JT singles and Jones homers, and you're up two to one. In the third, he gets in more trouble, but it gets you a massive, massive strikeout with the bases loaded 
uh, to limit the damage there and keep Alabama off the scoreboard in the third. At the bottom of the third, Cruz gives you a solo home run, so you're up three to one. But by the end of the fifth, Ackenhausen had to come in. Uh, Little was struggling still. Ackenhausen comes in, and Ackenhausen, unfortunately, just didn't have a good day. He just did not have a good day on Sunday. Uh, we've we've seen when he's been able to completely command the strike zone, and unfortunately, he struggled with command, and they were able to hit on him as well. And so you go into the bottom of the fifth, down seven to three, and again you're going, okay, well we had the first two, you know, Christian Littles out of the ball game. We've already used a lot of our bullpen guys on Saturday. Maybe this is where LSU you know, lays down, not intentionally, obviously, but maybe this is where LSU gives up the the loss on the weekend, right? So you're down seven, you're down seven to three, midway through the fifth. In the fifth, Malazzo reaches on an error. Dugas walks, Trey walks. You get back-to-back singles by your guys, Cruz and White. Um, Beloso walks, JT walks. You get a sack fly by Jones. Pearson walks, and then a single by Malazzo, and boom. You've scored six runs, and it's 9-7. to seven. Just like that. I understand it wasn't the exact way that we wanted it. You know, we wanted to more so see the hits. But Dugas, who struggled, got on base. JT, Jones, Pearson, they all walked. They were incredibly disciplined at the plate. And this is this is where we're in the fifth inning, guys. This is where it could potentially, if you don't score runs there, you know, maybe they get a little lackadaisical and then Alabama kind of pulls away a little bit. But they were extremely disciplined at the plate. You got hits when you needed them. And ultimately you score a six spot. You put up a six spot in the fifth. LSU's most productive innings this year has been in the fifth and the sixth inning. LSU gave you three runs in the sixth inning in game one. They gave you four runs in the sixth inning on game two. And in game uh, three, they gave you six runs in the fifth inning. In the fifth and the sixth inning is when LSU is going to do their damage. They have proved it time and time and time again. And they did the same uh, this weekend and specifically on Sunday in the fifth inning. So it's it's nine to seven. LSU, Blake Money comes in. Wasn't perfect. Um, gives up two two runs, which ties it uh, midway through the seventh. But he didn't give up the big crooked number, um, and he had already pitched on Saturday and giving you giving you a great outing. So this is the second time Bama was seeing him that week this weekend. Um, I, I understand. Obviously, you want to put up a zero, but with what we have right now in the bullpen, I'll take it right because we are extremely thin with the bullpen, and whatever they can do, if they can at least limit the damage and not give it the crooked number, I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. So Cooper comes in, bases juiced in the seventh, and he gets you a massive, massive strikeout uh, to to end the threat and keep the game tied uh, at, at, uh, at nine midway through the seventh. Then in the seventh, Pearson doubles. Malazzo singles. 
Dugas, for the third time in as many games, gets hit by pitch. One, he, Dugas got hit by a pitch every single game this weekend. That dude, I don't know why. The ball is just attracted to him. Uh, Trey walked, Cruz walked, and you're able to uh, score two there in the seventh. Then in the eighth, you're just trying to tag on. You're trying to add on runs there. Uh, Coop was phenomenal in the in the eighth inning, shut down Bama. Um, home run by JT. Home run by Kling, which was phenomenal to finally to see Kling uh, back in the lineup and get get some pop. I mean, we we forget guys, but the, the dude had like three home runs in his in six games. They mentioned that on the broadcast. Like Kling and Kling is your future, so you want to see him get some very valuable reps. Uh, some very valuable playing time this season and under this team because he's going to have to step up. He's your guy next year. Guys, he is your guy next year. He's gone and he is going to be your center fielder. So you want to see him get some very quality playing time, and he did. He came in late in the ballgame uh, on Sunday and gave you a home run, gave you some insurance. Ultimately, you win the game 13-11. In the, in, the, in, the, in the top of the ninth, you had the the, the – the pop fly that they couldn't they couldn't find that Jones couldn't find. Um, he loses it in the sun. You also had the bloop single that just kind of landed in the Bermuda Triangle of all of the uh, first baseman, second baseman, and and the the right fielder. So some weird things kind of happened in the ninth, but LSU was able to get the job done and get the sweep. And now they l- currently lead the SEC West. Uh, and they are only a half game behind the lead overall in the SEC as South Carolina dropped two of three to Auburn this weekend. Uh, so look out for Auburn this upcoming weekend as LSU has to travel to the Plains to play Auburn. Uh, Auburn is not playing around. They obviously haven't had a great season, but they went to South Carolina and took two of three from that team. So they are obviously very capable, uh, and now they're going to be at home against the number one team in the country, and you know they're going to be playing playing their best uh, and, and trying their hardest uh, to finally knock off the number one team from winning a weekend series in SEC play. So all that to say, LSU is sitting in a really good spot now. You've got three weekends left. you got to go to Auburn. You get State at home, and then you got to go to Georgia. The schedule is obviously very favorable. Uh, it continues to be very favorable for, for you, uh, seeding-wise in the SEC tournament and – in the overall NCAA tournament as a nat- potential national seed and get to host a Super Regional. Um, so, great weekend for the Tigers to be able to sweep. Uh, I love getting to watch it. Uh, it made, made me super happy to be able to get to see that on my birthday uh, weekend and for them to be able to pull, out the, pull, off, pull off the win. Well, let's take a quick break, guys, and then when we come back, uh, we will discuss kind of all things LSU. We're going to discuss the draft. We're going to discuss, obviously, Garrett Nussmeyer uh, staying and a little bit more spring football uh, and really just cover a whole bunch of things LSU. So when we get back, uh, we'll do some LSU laying yep, and uh, we will talk all things LSU sports. Five Star Hero, your intro and outro music for the Tigers Avenue show. They ain't ready for that LSU. Go check out all his other music on all the major platforms. Don't forget to follow him on Instagram, at Saints Anthem. And at Twitter, at One Nation Doty. Don't forget to check out his Facebook page for all his Saints and LSU merchandise. Can't get any better than Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. Her firm focuses on the needs of the elderly and maintaining their dignity throughout the process. 
here for you, here for your family. Sarah Klein Stevens, attorney at law. And uh, Justin Broussard said, Dylan ain't coding nothing's at. Look, I, look, I understand. I understand. But Pickney had a really good weekend. I mean, he had, the dude had five hits on Friday. Like, that's extremely rare to do. Um, I mean, he is the reason Alabama was in all of those ball games. Was was Andrew Pickney? Um, so, I, but I, I'm totally cool, totally cool with Dylan Cruz winning. Uh, Robert said, "I think Javen Coleman going to be starting by regional play." Uh, Robert, I would love to see that. Um, and, and and if if he is, that is a in a Sunday role. Uh, you know, game three role, and that is a, you know, we're going to put them out there for the first three. But I really think they like what they have right now with Christian Little. Um, Christian Little isn't really losing you ball games right now. He's kind of holding it together right now for you. So I, I highly doubt that, Robert, but uh, I'd be totally fine with it. Javen Coleman looked phenomenal this weekend. Um, you know, you want to hope to potentially see him extend – for you a little bit more. Um, obviously, he is still trying to come back from uh, the the Tommy John surgery. We'll see. We'll see. All right, guys, let's get to uh, a few more things. And by the way, uh, guys, because I am solo tonight, y'all send me questions. I want y'all to send me questions. I know all my faithful uh, followers and listeners are in here. Send send hashtag ask uh, tell me ta or if you want to, you can do hashtag ask Zach. But let's do hashtag tell me ta. So send hashtag tell me TA, ask me some questions. It can be anything baseball related, uh, women's basketball related, whatever. Um, football related, go ahead, y'all. I want all of y'all to send me a question because uh, I want to engage with y'all tonight. Uh, since Reagan is gone, let's, let's, let's have some conversation. Uh, obviously, me and Reagan are usually having conversation with each other. So y'all, conversate with me a little bit. Y'all send me some questions. Tyler. Ryan, Robert, Justin, all y'all in here, send me a question. I would love to answer your questions. But before we do that, let's discuss the NFL draft. So LSU, you know, guys, I got to be honest, you know, I wasn't as as into this NFL draft as I have been in the past. And mainly because I knew what the result, a lot of the result would be for LSU in this draft. Um and as Blake talked about on AYS, if y'all were uh, if y'all joined us uh, for AYS uh, last hour, um, a lot of what happened in this NFL draft with LSU not really getting a lot of guys, um, at least taken early, was be, was due to the fact that Ed Orgeron completely mismanaged your roster and you lost so many guys. Guys, you lost the opportunity of a lot of first rounders. You know. If uh, if if Eric Gilbert stays, you know what does that potentially look like? Does he potentially become a first rounder if he stays and and is committed to LSU? Because um, he had had a really good start to, to his freshman campaign. Does Eli Ricks go in the first round if he stays at LSU? Because he also had a phenomenal freshman year. Um, there's a lot of what ifs that you can ask between 2020 to 2022 LSU. Um, and one of those is how many guys do you put in the draft and how many of those guys are taken in the first one to three rounds, right? But 
unfortunately, it is what it is. And I think, obviously, LSU is for the better now with Brian Kelly at the helm. But let's go through it. So, first one taken off the board was pretty obvious. B.J. Ojolari, he goes to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, there was a lot of other Louisiana guys. If y'all just want to discuss Louisiana and specifically not just LSU, but uh, Terrence, uh, Os- Osiris T- Terrence also uh, was taken in the draft. Obviously, he, tra- he, he went to Florida, but he went to Buffalo. There's a lot of guys that were in Louisiana. Louisiana was very well represented. But specifically for the LSU guys, B.J. Ojolari goes to Arizona. Anthony Bradford goes to Seattle. Jay Ward goes to Minnesota. Jaqueline Roy goes to Minnesota. Um, Kayshawn Booty slips all the way down to the sixth round and is taken by the New, the New England Patriots. Uh, Jarrett Bernard Converse goes to the New York Jets. And then you had a bunch of guys that signed uh, that were undrafted free agents that that signed. So ultimately, guys, look, I'm not going to really talk about it a whole whole lot, but best of luck to all of the, all those LSU players. I mean, you know, I, I I think back to so many times throughout 2020 and 2022, and um. You know the the years that BJ Ojo, 2020, 2020, 2021, 2022, all those years that BJ Ojolari stuck it out, man. Um, and he was a major, major key factor into staying on, and you know this LSU team being rebuilt. I mean, a lot of these guys are Anthony Bradford, Jay Ward, Jaquan Roy, all these guys. They were a part of building the foundation that BK has built for the, for the years to come. And they were guys that in the toughest times at LSU, they stuck it out. And so best of luck to them in their pro careers. All the guys that got drafted, all the guys that, that signed deals as undrafted free agents, best of luck to all of them. I, I look forward to seeing how all of them do in the NFL. Um, and look, guys, I understand, like, a lot of people are talking about Kayshawn Booty uh, going in the sixth round, and a lot of people are saying that he probably deserved it. But look, if I'm the New England Patriots and I get to draft Kayshawn Booty in the sixth round, that's kind of a steal because we know what Kayshawn Booty is capable of. And I also think Jarrett Bernard Converse uh, going as late as he did is also a little bit of a steal. I mean, Jarrett Bernard Converse owned the Bama, the Bama game. Had a phenomenal... Against your best opponent um, th- this past season, you owned the game. Jarrett Bernard Converse was in the spotlight, and he owned the game. Obviously, we all remember the interception at the goal line. So I think a lot of these guys, um, probably a little underdrafted, but it's kind of what you expected to see this year, uh, especially considering everything that happened. And look, a lot of the guys that, you're going to see going higher rounds. They stayed. Look, listen, got Jane Daniels is going to be a, a you know barring something crazy. Jane Daniels is probably going to be a top three round pick, uh, draft uh, top three round draft pick. Malik Neighbors, uh, Mason Smith. Uh, I mean, the list goes on and on and on and on. A lot of the guys that you're going to see go in the first one to three rounds. Uh, that they're that are going to go higher in the draft than you saw in this past draft class. They're still on the roster, 
And so that bodes really well for LSU. And so that kind of leads me into my next point, discussing spring football. Guys, news broke today. Garrett Nussmeyer is not leaving. And I got to be honest. Got to be totally honest, guys. I was one of those people that thought that Garrett Nussmeyer would leave. I thought that Garrett Nussmeyer, once once you had Walker Howard in uh, on on campus, I, I thought Garrett Nussmeyer would leave after after last year, and that eventually, especially after Jaden Daniels announced that he was coming back, I fully believe that Howard was going to be the it was going to be Howard's team the next year after this next this this uh, upcoming season. And Garrett stuck it out. Garrett stuck it out. And it, ta- it takes me back to 2019 whenever he was getting recruited and he was the one going out there and he was recruiting himself. He was going out there trying to get players, trying to get players to commit to LSU. Garrett Nussmeyer is what you want in an LSU football player. He is committed and it, it doesn't matter that they brought in Jane Daniels and Jane Daniels was named the starter last year. And then he decides to come back and it's been very well stated that he is the starter. Jay, this is Jane Daniels team, but Garrett has continued to grind and he has continued to get better and better. We think about the second half in the Georgia game this past year when he went cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, as Blake would put it. Um, And I am extremely excited about what LSU will get in 2024 when Garrett Nussmeyer is your starting quarterback. Make no mistakes about it, guys. Unless unless he gets injured or something crazy happens, Garrett Nussmeyer will be your starting starting quarterback in 2024. Um, and I am ecstatic about that. Obviously, I'm going to be ecstatic about this next year. You know, with Jaden Daniels and everything, everybody that's coming back, LSU is going to be a title contender. But the news, how that Nuss is staying, is massive for the ne- the following two years. We'll see, you know, how he does, and when he when he gets that that full year where he is the guy uh, in twenty twenty four, um, how long he stays. But he's going to have two more years after this season, so it's massive. And to think, you know, we just discussed all of those all of those guys that left the program between 2020 and 2022 when BK came on, right? And yet, nothing, nothing. The the second window for the transfer portal has come and gone. And you didn't have any LSU scholarship, LSU players that entered the portal. That's insane. Think about the all of the transition that you had the past two years to have nothing and guys not only that but like that's a common thing nowadays like guys leaving to go and 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 seek greener pastures that's normal we see it all the time and we're going to see more of it it's 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 going to be a it's it is a it's become a normalized thing now the the attrition that you see from year to year during these transfer portal windows to see LSU go through the second window with zero, zero scholarship players entering the portal is massive, massive. 
Now, I have to also discuss the possibility of transfer portal players coming into LSU. As we mentioned, Logan Diggs, the running back out of Notre Dame. There's been a lot of talk about him potentially coming to LSU. And it seems, it seems as if that talk is continuing to gain some traction. Um, it looks promising. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm not giving you a prediction right now that it will happen. But it is something that um for me, I would be totally fine with. Guys, Josh Williams has been injured. John Emery is dealing with academic issues. You got two freshmen that are coming in that are potential, but they're that are obviously big potential, but they're also freshmen. And then you have Noah Kane, who's been good, but not great. I wouldn't even say he's been stable. And then you have Armani, Armani Goodwin that's been dealing with injury, right? But to look at um, Logan Diggs, he is a stable running back. He's a guy that's been extremely consistent. And maybe, maybe that's what they want because you're dealing, you're dealing with players that have uh, and the injury bug and you're dealing with players that have academic issues. Maybe Brian Kelly is just kind of done with it and is like, hey, I want a guy that is stable, consistent. And listen, I'm not taking anything off Josh Williams because Josh Williams is that. He was that for you last year. And I hope he gets healthy, and I hope he is able to be that again for this upcoming season. But maybe Brian Kelly's going, uh, I don't know how healthy Armani is. I don't know if I'm going to have John John Emery. I got two freshmen, but I don't know how they will pan out and on the college level. You know, maybe I need to go out and get somebody that is a proven running back that's been stable, that's been good, and maybe that's what they do. Now, listen, guys, if that happens, if they go out and get Logan Diggs, you are going to see guys at the transfer portal. I fully believe that. If you don't, holy cow, phenomenal job by BK. But if you – and I understand, I understand right now, but you're going to see guys that are not going to play. Like some of these running backs are not going to play. Okay. So like, you're going to see them leave the program. Uh, obviously I understand the transfer portal window is closed, but you're going to see some running backs leave the program. Um, if you go and you get Logan Diggs, So it's going to be very, very interesting. What's also interesting is the hype that is building around wide receiver Keon Coleman. Keon Coleman is um, a true sophomore from Michigan State that is from Louisiana. He's from Opelousas. I hope I'm saying that right. Guys, forgive me if I'm saying it incorrectly. But look, this is a guy that he had seven touchdowns in 2022. He he accumulated almost 800 yards receiving. Um, he's averaging 14 yards a catch. This is a guy that is a potential – piece that Brian Kelly and his staff could add. And I understand it's been talked about, like, will he see playing time? Yes, he will see playing time. I think with the offense that Brian Kelly and Mike Denbrock are going to run, you're going to see a lot of receivers rotate in and out. We saw it last year. We saw a lot of receivers rotating out. This is going to be a 
offense that is multiple. And if you have an offense that is multiple, you're going to want guys with different skill sets and that can rotate in and out fluidly. And so do they go and get a guy like Keon Coleman, who is a Louisiana guy? And look, I don't know if y'all saw it, but he entered. And not long after he entered, we saw a tweet from Jordan Arsimov that mentioned coming home to Louisiana and telling telling players that if they wanted to come home to Louisiana, to do it. So, just saying. All right, guys, let's get to a few comments, and then we'll wrap it up early here tonight. Uh, if, if you want to send me a comment, go ahead and do it. I, I, we've got uh, several people watching right now. So, got, before, before we end, go ahead, tell me now. Uh, send, send it now. Uh, if you have a statement you want to send, if you have a question you want to ask, go ahead and send it now. Justin Broussard is the first to do it. Uh, he says, hashtag tell me TA, what is your win total prediction for football? Um, I would say that the floor is nine wins and the ceiling is undefeated. I don't want to give you an exact total right now. Uh, when we get closer to the fall, you know, I got, I'll, I'm going to start thinking about that. And then I'll give you a final prediction. But right now, very early, I think the floor is nine wins and the ceiling is is undefeated. Uh, we'll have to wait. Maybe 10. Maybe 10 is the floor. My guy Chance Ivy's in here. What's up, Chance, bro? He said, go Tigers. I, uh, Chance, I'm pretty sure you're an Ole Miss fan. Uh, I mean, if I remember correctly, your brother Noah is an LSU fan, and you're an Ole Miss fan. But maybe, maybe your brother has turned you to the dark side. So if he has, we appreciate you joining on, bro. Um, let's see. Justin Broussard said, I don't see how Nuss staying is news. Uh, and, and it really isn't, Justin, but I think it's massive. Um, you know, to be able to finally just see it officially released and somebody say, like, hey, he's here. Um, you know, because there was always in the back of people's mind, you know, that little concern, you know, what if we lose Nuss? But I was extremely excited to get to have him. And um, I mentioned on the last podcast, if y'all haven't, go and watch on LSU's Twitter or Facebook, wherever, uh, his mic'd up in the spring game. I loved getting to see that. Um, Robert said, Nuss love LSU. Nuss loves LSU. He is not leaving. He has purple and gold in his blood. Uh, those are the kids you want. Those are the kids you want at LSU. Uh, Justin also said, I'm so over John Emery. Um I hope John Emery can play. Uh, I really do. Uh, I want to see uh, him succeed, and I want to see him work through this academics because man, he's he's explosive. I and mean, we think we think about the 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 catch out of the backfield and the touchdown run um, in the Bama game. Uh, I mean that that gave you the the lead uh, to start the game. So he's explosive, man. He's just got to get every, he's got to get some things straightened out. Robert also asked who would take Allen from Nebraska. Or digs, Robert. I don't know. You're gonna have to remind me, Allen. I haven't. I haven't looked. I, I don't think I've. Uh, Allen. I guess I'm guessing this is a player in the transfer portal. Remind me who Allen is, because I don't. Allen from Nebraska. All right, send me the full name so I can look into that, Robert. Because I have not looked into that. Um. Who would take Diggs? You also mentioned Diggs. I, I'm hoping it's LSU. I really, I, I think 
LSU uh, has a good chance at landing uh, Logan Diggs. Let's see. Going to be a little harder. Uh, tell me, T.A., starting 11 on defense. Ooh. Okay, Jason. Let me think about this. Jeez, this is going. This is going to be tough. Okay, so your safeties are going to be Major Burns, Greg Brooks. I think your slot is Deuce Chestnut. On your bookends at the corner, Zai Alexander, Denver Harris. That's five. Linebacker. Ovia Gufu, Harold Perkins, and then on your line, Mason Smith, Makai Wingo. Mm. Uh, I'm going blank. Braden Swinson, and I'm going blank on one of the players. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Ovia Gofu is going to be on the line as well. He's going to be a uh, hand in the dirt, blitzing the quarterback. And uh, Omar Space is going to be your other linebacker. I, I, I think that's how it goes. Deshaun Womack, I see you said Deshaun Womack. I would love to see Deshaun Womack. Um, let's see. Okay, Ajay Allen. Guys, I got to be honest. I, I Let me look at this guy. Jai Allen. Okay, so a Jai – oh, a running back. Okay. Guys, I have not – got to be honest, I have not seen – I have not looked into this uh, player. He said he's from Neville. He's at uh, Nebraska. I wonder where his stats are. I will look into him, guys, because I, I honestly have not looked into him. Um, yes, thank you, Adam. Omar Spates is who I was forgetting. Uh, I think Omar Spates – and it's going to be Omar Spates and – uh, perk at the linebacker position with Ovia Gufu in the dirt, hand in the dirt. Sometimes I think he'll be standing. I mean, it's going to be a multiple, it's going to be a multiple look defense. They're going to have multiple different looks. So uh, these guys are going to have, there's going to be players that have different roles. Okay. Um, I think Deshaun Womack could definitely, definitely start. Um, I, I think maybe they go with some more experience there. We'll see. Uh, and I got to be honest, I have not, done my in-depth look at each position group. So um, who asked me that? Jason. Jason, you, you asked me really early, but, you know, I'm in baseball mode right now. But uh, I am excited to be thinking about that. So to give you my final answer, safeties, Greg Brooks, Major Burns, uh, at nickel, Deuce Chestnut, uh, bookend at uh, the corner spots, Zy Alexander and Denver Harris. Uh, linebackers, Harold Perkins and Omar Spates, uh, on your defensive line, Mason Smith, Makai Wingo, Braden Swenson, and Ovi Agufu. So, uh, we'll see how all that plays out. Uh, I think that is a dangerous lineup. That is a dangerous lineup to have on the defensive end. Uh, but we'll see, you know, I think, uh, you know, the defensive line, the, the bookends on defensive line, that could change. I also think that the corner spot, the, the, the corner and the nickel spots, that could possibly change. Um, but the safeties and the linebackers, I'm pretty firm on. 
So I'll probably still have uh, that opinion once we get into the fall. Uh, let's see. Okay, so you're saying would I prefer Logan Diggs or would I prefer uh, Ajay Allen? I, I think I'd prefer Diggs. I think I'd prefer Diggs. Um, Brian Kelly obviously has worked with him. Uh, Logan Diggs uh, had some really massive moments for Notre Dame last year. Um, so, yeah, I think I would prefer Diggs. So, we will see. All right, guys, I think that's all I have for y'all tonight. Again, uh, thank y'all for joining. Thank y'all for sending all of your comments. Um, I do apologize. I know a lot of you expected uh, uh, Gary, Coach Gary to be in here. Uh, we will work on rescheduling him. Hopefully, uh, he can. he's able to fit us in, our, in his schedule, uh, extremely busy schedule, trying to uh, you know, recruit and, 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 and host players. So, uh, and who knows, maybe, maybe this next week or so, uh, we will get some news on some potentially more transfer players, uh, coming into women's, uh, basketball and who knows, maybe men's as well. So, uh, we will discuss it all here in the Tigers Avenue. We're gonna take a quick break and then we'll be back to wrap up the show. Make sure you go follow us on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Tigers Avenue for daily updates on the show and all things LSU sports. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to click off and hit that subscribe button at Tigers Avenue. We broadcast all of our shows live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. All right, guys. Thank you all for joining uh, Reagan, if you're watching or if uh, you will watch this eventually or listen eventually, hope everything went well tonight. Uh, taking care of your wife and the babies, uh, my nephews. Gotta love them. Gotta love kids. Um, but we'll be back here on Friday uh, to discuss the midweek game and also to preview LSU versus Auburn this weekend uh, in the baseball series and anything else that happens between now and Friday, we will discuss it here in the Tigers Avenue. Thank y'all for joining. We'll see you next time. Five Star here, take us out. Peace.